0: Ever since I was a pretty young kid, I think I've always been the annoying kid that knocks on everybody's Mm -hmm. door and asks a million questions. And I will knock down every door until I get an answer. I I think the most important thing to remember when you're looking for a mentor, even in the informal setting of a mentor, is that people are busy, people have a lot going on. So for me, it's always been better to have more than one person to tap into, rather than just the one person.
1: Hello, everyone! Again to another episode of Basketball Nation Presents Beyond the Athlete Podcast, um, and today we have another special guest. Um, we have today a pioneer in women's basketball, basketball oh. as a whole. Um, sneakers, orphans, culture, and innovation. Um, she's also I will actually read your, her profile to you because I, when I found this out, I was like, wow! Like I'm so honored to actually be having a conversation with her today. You guys should be honored to be here from her today as well. Um, she's also the commercial strategy director um, for ESL Facet Group, um, which is a company that helps gaming communities. Um, which we're going to go into a little bit today. She's also a presenter and host um, for FIBA as a freelancer, um, currently now with the EuroCup London Lions team, um, which is fantastic, and we're going to speak about that as well, especially around um, UK basketball and where it's at now. Um, But she's also an ED&I committee um, member for Basketball England, which we're also affiliated to as well um which is great so we're actually speaking to family today that's fantastic so um yeah so may i present to you all julia zekini nice hi you. You? <laughs> hi uh, did i miss anything out
0: <laughs> uh no that was uh really comprehensive thanks for that intro
1: oh amazing amazing so um julia my first question always is um around you um Obviously, I haven't done like the most most I can when it comes to introduction this first time we're meeting, so tell us a bit more about yourself, what your upbringing was like um what you even though I've said what you do now, but what you actually put your love your time into now as well
0: yeah, so um I'm originally from Italy um, mm-hmm. grew up there my my family's Italian, and I moved to well i've I moved around a little bit I spent some time in France I spent some time mm-hmm. living in Spain, but I moved to the UK when I was 18 okay. uh, to study and, and try and make something happen for myself. Mm-hmm. Italy yeah. is a wonderful country, but doesn't always have the most opportunities. So mm-hmm. moved abroad, away from ha- family, got the opportunity to study in the UK. I did my undergrad and my masters here uh, in and around uh, different parts of the Midlands. As I, I was at Warwick University, then I did my masters at Imperial College. Amazing. And started to well i've always been involved in sports uh played basketball from a from a young age my my dad played pro in italy so always been around that Amazing. environment yeah. uh, but overall come from a sports family my grandfather uh was a uh, olympic journalist and and swimming journalist yeah. and coached the italian swimming women's team so have always been sort of in and around that arena so been very close to my heart I got the first entry point into sports when I interned for the London 2012 Olympics so that was Mm -hmm. my second year of uni uh, and I interned with the Italian Olympic Committee in London Mm -hmm. doing PR very different to what I do now (laughs) Um, and yeah most of my time is spent on my full-time job which is in the world of gaming and esports as you said Mm -hmm. which is weird and wonderful and super innovative and cool to work in um before that i was working at formula one and before that i was in yeah. premier league football so i've bounced around different sports but then my free time is really spent pushing women forward in any yeah. sort of field i can so that's from women's basketball as you mentioned so whether it's the WNBA, yeah. whether it's euro league women whether it's euro yeah. cup women uh british basketball with the london lions yeah. Um. And then on the side with Sneaker Sisterhood, which is the company that I founded with uh, two of my closest amazing. friends. And there, it's everything. Again, representation for women in the sneaker and fashion scene, where we we really saw a gap in the market now five years ago, which feels mm-hmm. crazy that we've had this going on for five years. Um. But yeah, maybe we can get on it a little bit later.
1: Oh, that's amazing. So coming from a house myself that i grew up with four sisters and my mom um all women um but my background was more fashion um than anything else my mom and dad were designers um my mom still designs now but my dad and some of my uncles actually played sports but they all played football so i'm the only one in the family that actually got into basketball um so it's in regards to everything that you push in terms of um, women in sports and everything else, um, I think that's quite powerful. And that's something I wanted to touch on first, if you don't mind, because for what we do at Baltimore Nation is all about pushing the game forward, not just because we want to be, Um, the most popular community or anything like that but it's really to get people more people involved not just young guys but also ladies as well Um, so we do have some ladies that have obviously had an interest in what we do and start to come to our sessions so we I think we grew from having like zero girls to about maybe eight girls at our sessions and they play with the boys as well uh, which is great so it actually helps them get better Um, but for me I've always tried to look at other ways of pushing that forward a bit more. Um, one of the ways that started now, um, which hopefully will commence in 2024, is starting within a local council. So Elin and Hammersmith from Fulham, which is pretty much where I grew up, um, and really pushing the game there um, with young ladies getting into basketball because the sport is amazing. And it's crazy, I was telling the story that when I went to see Hesse God play in Blue Cage in in the summer, um, with London Hoops guys and I was leaving and I saw a group of like six girls coming down one of the estate buildings and I was like I, I didn't think anything of it I just I was just just walking just saw them coming out and then as soon as they came out they were two of them had basketballs with them they were going to the park to play and I was like hmm, this is quite interesting so um, things like that is so inspiring that you'd think that just putting a basketball court in Midnight State might be a waste of time, but really and truly, what could they have been doing compared to them going to play basketball now with their friends? So it would be great to know in terms of like from your end, what sort of things you've done um, over the years to really push women in sports, women in um, entrepreneurship, business and so on as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, I love everything that you said and I love that more girls are coming to your (laughs) business, I think grassroots sport we need, we need more <laughs> yeah I, not not just basketball yeah. i just think sports is such an important yeah. aspect of life like sport changes yeah. lives and i genuinely yeah. truly believe that it's the 100%. one thing that, that it is an equalizer like it doesn't matter yeah. where you come from who you are what you look like like sport mm. just equalizes um mm. and you know seeing whether it's the olympic movement the paralympic movements like everybody can get involved now which is beautiful. That's right. so, I just want to make sure that everybody has the opportunity to experience what sports can do for you. And for me in particular, what's really special is team sports. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like basketball saved me <laughs> sometimes growing up and yeah, yeah. having that family away from your real family. You know, where you have family problems, you might have issues at school, you might have issues yeah outside of school with like crowds that you might get involved with and so on. Basketball was always my safe space. It gave me discipline. Um, The the coaches that I had the opportunity to work with really helped to shape me as a person. Um, Having women that loved the same things as me surrounding me Mm. made me into who I am today. And, you know, I've found lifelong friends through basketball. And so I want to make sure that I'm, that I help young girls have that opportunity and yeah. as much as I would love for them to fall in, in love with basketball, it doesn't have to be that. If you fall in love mm. with volleyball, netball, mm-hmm. swimming, because it brings you a sense of peace, whatever it might be, get involved mm-hmm. in sports because mm-hmm. it teaches you so many things about life. Um, mm-hmm. So some of the things that I focused on, and I guess my, my remit, I'll start from sports and then maybe we can talk about the business side, but sure. from a sports side, I try and get involved from a grassroots level, all the way to the pro level. So from a grassroots level, um, obviously uh, I'm on the diversity and inclusion committee with Basketball England. So we work Mm. on initiatives there, but personally, I mostly try and offer access to people that maybe don't have the means to access what they need to. Mm. So I'm very blessed that from my sneaker sort of path, um, I'm able to work with lots of brands on the product side of things, so I work uh, specifically with Nike quite a lot. Mm-hmm. So I'm for sure that. I give back to the community, yeah. so they're able to perform like they need to. You know, mm-hmm. I-, I talk to parents and kids, and they've bought a pair of shoes that's six sizes too big because they need. You know, mm-hmm. if kicks are expensive, yeah. hundred eighty yeah. for a pair of yeah. shoes, it's insane. Yeah. Some families can't afford that so you buy it big and you hope your kids will grow into that so mm. I try and offer access to product um I try and coach even though I'm still trying to get my my full qualification so mostly in a, in a support role but um mm. I don't know if you know coach Ruth and coach Lisa yes they're actually the coaches of the team that I play for as well in, in D2 called All-Stars um, they do plenty for the community, so I try and support them in all of their endeavors as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so from a grassroots level, it's really, yeah, giving giving that access uh, and making sure that people can perform as best as possible. And mm-hmm. then that, I think, also goes towards education on the game and visibility of the game as well from a
1: yeah.
0: pro level. Um, women's sports is obviously seeing an incredible sort of growth yeah there's a lot more interest Thank yeah. God. Uh, because they, they deserve all the praise and all the eyeballs that they can get but all the work that I do whether it's with FIBA on EuroLeague Women where I you know I went to present the Women's World Cup and we're trying to do content that maybe is a little bit less technical on the basketball side and mm-hmm. present these athletes more on their human side so girls can mm-hmm. relate more and maybe you know see somebody that they want to be like because maybe mm. they have a similar background or maybe they have similar passion points like yeah. outside of basketball for example, when i was interviewing gabby williams she talks about anime and tattoos and comic oh, nice. and, you know i try, yeah. try to find those and so younger generations can be like oh shit like gabby williams she's so dope like i want to be like her she's a professional basketball player i can do that too um i want to make sure that people know that there's other other avenues in sports as well not Mm -hmm. just the the being an athlete there's so much that you can do so I'm always trying to tell my story about how I've merged together all of my passion points to get to where I'm at now where I work in sports but behind the scenes because my basketball skills were definitely not (laughs) up to where they needed to be to be making a living. um and then I, I also just try and make my own content to really push these stories. So I, I do a, mm-hmm. a series called WNBA for Dummies, where I try yeah. and bring new basketball fans into the WNBA and tell them how everything works, since it does work quite mm-hmm. uh, from the NBA. So I, I try and give as many touch points as possible.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. And you touched on something where you said um, it was beyond just the playing of the sport, so, which is one of the reasons why we started this podcast. and. Title that Beyond the Athlete, um, because we want to show, especially the younger generation, that you can still be a player, but then each league has a certain number of people that can actually play in those leagues. You can still work towards that, but then there's so many other things that you can do. So what we try to do is use this platform to also um, enhance and develop other passions as well. So I always use myself being able to bring to my two worlds together, which is fashion and basketball together, basically, and create something like Basketball Nation um, and really pushing that, but then also doing things like starting a podcast, showing that I can actually be a host or presenter or wherever, or someone that can have a conversation. Um, The next thing might be maybe designing a sneaker for basketball to show that, okay, I can also be a designer as well, a product designer um, so it's really showing a lot of these young guys that yeah that there's other things that are possible that you can actually do and create and just be as successful as well. I still play the sport because there's so many other leagues that are happening right now. I was I was meant to speak to a guy called Ron um, who works with S- Surgeon Studios in LA, um, and they have a league called the League, and they yeah. had they, they yeah I've heard of it yeah, yeah. Um, and just listen to his story but obviously I haven't interviewed him yet we're actually doing it next week monday but then looking at some of the content on social media and listening to his stories as well it's quite interesting because it's like it may looks it may not look as big as maybe Euroleague or NBA now but the concept is amazing so there's so much things that we can actually create and innovate that could um not just be completely different from the top leagues but also counter the top leagues eventually um So I think that's quite interesting um, that you actually mentioned that as well, because that's quite important. Um, So I was going to actually, oh, sorry, go on.
0: No, sorry. I was just going to say, like, on that, there's just genuinely, like, so many avenues you can go down, whether it's, you know, people that can do streetball style. So if anybody follows a -hmm. a woman called Jenna Bandy out in the States, she's got, you Mm -hmm. know, I think nearly a million followers because she does trick shots and plays a million different sports Mm -hmm. of course, she played college basketball. She knows how to play basketball, but she's built a yeah. personality off the back of that. And then giving shout outs to like, local talent in the UK, but like Desi Reels and the guys from SBB. Mm, you know, mm. they created huge followings, not from being the best basketball players, but from being creative and smart and yeah. making content that works and resonates and it's cool yeah. and, and, and building that community and bringing people together. Um, And Mm. that's obviously more in the public eye in front of the camera. But then there's loads Mm -hmm. of people behind the scenes of those things as well. So whether you're working for a brand, maybe you work in their commercial department, making cool brands with athletes, uh, or whether Mm. you're a lawyer working for a sports team, uh, or whether, Mm -hmm. again, you you work in broadcast and maybe you're a camera operator, but you get to travel the world uh, and be a camera operator for example, in Formula One, where you get to go to 23 Mm -hmm. races around the world. So I think, yeah, um, it's very important to, especially for younger generations, I don't think at school you really ever get told, and not even at university, you never get told all the avenues you could go down. So it's either like you're going to be a doctor, an engineer, or a lawyer. But actually, every every business, and and sports as a business, has so Mm -hmm. many different things you could do, marketing, PR, graphic design, so as long as if you want to work in sports and that's your your one obsession, there's so many ways that you can get there without that's having to be the, the sickest player. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Okay. So my, my next question is around you again. Um, what is it obviously you've spoken about your passions. What are your interests um as someone that's into gaming sports, sneakers and maybe there's so much more that we don't know. Maybe you're into maybe you like classic movies or you're know, into a certain type of music, but it would be great to know that side of you as well. Um, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, to be honest, a, a bit of everything. I, I'm i a very curious person, so mm-hmm. I don't – I'm not uh, an expert in anything, but I like lots of different things. Um, mm-hmm. I also just love finding out new things, so I always try and surround myself with people that are going to introduce me to new things. Um, mm-hmm. But I am – an avid reader. I love reading. So read okay. quite a lot. Um, I love collecting. Oh, and if I could show you, I love uh, classic cars. I think that was my, my, oh, nice. so oh, I've got a digital background so you can't see, but uh, I have a very large, like vintage seventies, Alfa Romeo, like LED signs. So I've got lots of car things around my house. Um, I love vinyls. So music nice. in general, I've got a big vinyl yeah. collection. I love art. I'm a member at the Design Museum. I go to the Design Museum, like, most weeks. Amazing, you know, amazing. So, yeah, just everything
1: mm-hmm.
0: that has sort of cultural and iconic mm. influence on our lives. I, I try to be curious and take inspiration from um, from everything around me.
1: Okay, that's interesting. I'm I'm pretty much the same, but my mine is... Um, I've I've just started getting into cars, to be honest, Um, because we actually, myself and the family, we actually, um, because I come from like a bigger community as well, um, because my wife mentors um, quite a few young people also. um, And we decided to do a car rally over the weekend as well with some supercars. But the classic cars like would be also an amazing thing. So I think next year we're actually going to add those in there as well and just make it bigger. We Um, need to
0: go to um, Goodwood. To the goodwood.
1: yes 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 i know about goodwood yeah. know right. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> that, that's that's a good shout that's a good shout actually yeah i'll look into that um and in terms of what you said it's almost like those things help trigger your mind and something unusual kind of gets created in in your mind basically correct me if i'm wrong because it happens to me as well so i i watch animes um, i'm really into animes um i'm into sort of like korean dramas as well um especially like the old um, ones when you have the empress and the emperor and all that kind of stuff um, because i feel like there's always so much things in there that can be overlooked that you're like oh, okay maybe this needs to be applied to now as well um and then from animes it's more like the creativity the design like how Things are drawn. I even look at their clothing sometimes. Like, who thinks of these things, basically? So I like unusual, like, crazy out-of-this-world things because it makes me think beyond just my normal mindset, basically, or what we see online, etc. Um So, yeah, it's quite interesting to know that. What sort of music are you into? That's another question.
0: To be honest, I listen to anything. I've got, like, loads of really? Motown, R&B, nice. Bl- Italian Amazing. music that was passed down okay. from my grandparents. And
1: grandparents.
0: um yeah. This morning I was listening to Andre 3000's new new album. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Still yet to um, download it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So um, yeah, literally a bit of everything. I, I don't have one genre that I'm really heavy on. Um, mm. and yeah, may, maybe showing my age a little bit, but
1: I I, no, I like to
0: music as well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. No, at all. No, at all. Um, okay, um, I want to. I want to dive into the gaming side of things because um, gaming is a big part of me as well, um, and it it's actually a big part of Basketball Nation, even though we don't showcase it as much yet, because um, we're now really trying to really support and empower if, for the lack of better words, um, gamers as well, because we realize that there's quite a few gamers, obviously going back to that whole ethos of beyond the athlete um, within the community um, and really trying to um, really push them into the direction that they want to go to and make them the best that they can be. So, like, for example, like during the summer, we hosted the NBA 2K tournament here um, with a few guys who could make it, basically, just to kind of, like, introduce ourselves to that space. Um, but this is something that we want to do even long term because we actually want to design our, and develop our own, game as well. well um we know it's going to take a while but that's <laughs> in our long-term plans basically um so yeah so in terms of like in terms of the um the world of gaming how did you get into that and what's that like for you right now as well
0: yeah so um in all honesty i wasn't much of a gamer before like yeah i have a ps4 mm. i play some 2k i play some fifa grew up mm-hmm. with my nintendo but very casual gamer. Uh, but when I was working at Formula One, COVID hit, and we mm-hmm. started doing virtual Grand Prix. So it's yeah. like sim racing primarily. Mm-hmm. And we seeing like how good the numbers were in terms of broadcast. People were really getting into it because it's so similar to real life racing. We were getting like cool mm-hmm. celebrities in. The drivers were getting involved. Nice. And then I, I was literally contacted um, by... At the time, it was Faceit. Now it's ESL Faceit Group. We went through a big merger and acquisition about a year ago. And they reached out saying, you know, would you be interested in helping us develop our commercial proposition? Um, So as you said, like, I'm the director of commercial strategy. So Mm -hmm. I focus on the commercial division and sort of bringing in more money, primarily through Mm -hmm. sponsorships and partnerships. But we do some licensing, Mm -hmm. we do media deals and so on. And I thought it was a really cool opportunity. I'd been in Formula One for three years. I was sort of ready for a change. COVID was yeah. really affecting the world, and gaming felt like a very safe space within that. Because uh, yeah. obviously, you can game anytime. Doesn't mind. Doesn't matter if you're Basically, home, yeah.
1: or
0: you're, you're, you're you're locked in your house, and so on. Um, so yeah. I decided to make the move over, and it's been, it's coming up to three years in wow. in March, and it's been a wild ride. Gaming is just, I mean pretty much everybody's a gamer. I think the stats are like Mm. 3 billion people worldwide are gamers because it could be your mom that plays Candy Crush.
1: Exactly. Your
0: little brother that's, you know, playing Counter-Strike on his PC, or it could be you Mm -hmm. playing with your mates on your console. Mm So it's really something for everyone. And what I love most about it is again, how culturally relevant gaming is and how it really Mm. is in every aspect of our life and how genuinely just everybody takes part in it, and we um we actually did a very cool documentary series, and and one of the people that was in it was Ariel Powers, who's a WN mm-hmm. player that plays for the mm-hmm. Minnesota Lynx. Um, and her followers probably know this because she's always streaming on Twitch. But if you don't follow her, she is hardcore gamer. Like on her off season in the W, mm-hmm. she's gaming full time. She's a pro gamer, and she's also co-owner mm-hmm. of Team Liquid out in LA. Wow! wow. She's she's fully like diversified her athlete persona and portfolio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I probably think she makes more money from gaming than she does from being. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: Um. And again, like people never think that's possible, but of course it's possible. There's tons of NBA players that game on the side, and like look at what LeBron does with PlayStation and all of those collaborations. Yeah, yeah. So again, like huge opportunities in gaming, super culturally relevant. So many different games that you can get stuck into. Um, and yeah, again, lots of opportunities. So I, I've really enjoyed it.
1: That's amazing. I think I think um, I, I really got into the whole gaming space maybe two years ago because I didn't know anything much about it. I just thought people just play games. I didn't think that you could make money from it or be a pro or all that stuff. And um, I actually find it quite interesting. So I've been really doing my study in, on that space so it's even great that I'm getting to speak to you. I think you're the per- first person I've spoken to on this podcast that um, has a hand in gaming as well. Um, so hopefully beyond this podcast, I can obviously speak to you about what we plan to do as well. And yeah, absolutely. hopefully you can kind of give us some tips and advice on how we go about it as well. Um, so, okay, yeah. So, so obviously... I'm not trying to go down every single you, role you've done, but I was quite interested in um, how you got involved with in Basketball England as well. Um, obviously, we have an affiliation with them um, as a basketball community that's not an actual basketball team. Um, and that was basically just from randomly meeting um, at an event, Oland, Oland Jackman, um, that played on the Commonwealth um, team. and And... We played against each other on the 18s he was playing at um, Hackney. I was playing for London Westside. Um, and we actually, funny enough, we actually played on the same team with a few other people. I was the worst player on the team, but I was defensive. I couldn't score, but I was like lockdown defender um, Midnight Madness years ago, and we won like 21 games straight. Um, One I will never long. forget that. Yeah, I think I still have the picture of that as well. <laughs> <laughs> I was so skinny that my top was falling off my shoulder, my t shirt was falling <laughs> off my shoulder. Um but yeah, so and then he introduced me to um the the main guys at basketball um, England and then literally just asked me what I do and then from there just got in touch with them over email and then got affiliated with them, which was quite good for us because it kind of showed integrity on our side as well, uh, when we actually approached brands, etc. Um So with the work that you do, um, because I don't know what ED&I is, if you can explain to us what that is, what your role is there, and what sort of impact you're making within the basketball space from that um, role itself.
0: Yeah, so um, ED&I stands for Equity, Diversity and Inclusion. Uh, So what Basketball England did was open up an opportunity for people to apply to be on this committee to show how they wanted to affect change in basketball you didn't have to mm-hmm. be a, a basketball player you didn't have to be affiliated to basketball in any way but it's like if you have a passion for basketball and you want to see the sport grow and be more inclusive and make sure that everybody has mm-hmm. equal opportunities within it you can apply um mm-hmm. Benny Bonsu used to be the chair of it mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you know Benny but she's a, a yeah, big in in the basketball world yeah. both in the UK um in Africa now she's she's doing a lot for the for the BAL and obviously, yeah. um, she works for the channel. So, um, I, ma- I wrote my application, managed to get on, uh, I think it's about 12 of us on the committee and people really span all sorts of different roles. There's people that come from boxing, from athletics, there's yeah. basketball coaches. It's a real mix of people that all love basketball and want to see it improve. Uh, and yeah. what we mainly focus on is to make sure that there are equal opportunities. So it, it stems off the back of the initiatives that Basketball England might have. So, for example, they mm-hmm. have a, a program for for young girls. And we, we try and support how that program could be most beneficial and how they could mm-hmm. set that up to make sure that it does work all across the UK, for example, mm-hmm. not just London, um, how they can better work with clubs and so on to make it inclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, we... Uh, we help with policies uh, that are anti-racism, for example. So we help develop mm-hmm. those to make sure that, again, Basketball England is providing the best support system for all of its players. And I think mm-hmm. we're probably all aware, but basketball in this country is primarily played um, by black boys mm-hmm. um, and girls, women mm-hmm. and men, to make sure that all of the black players feel like this is their home and they are mm-hmm. comfortable and they're not mm-hmm you know, feeling like it's not a safe space for them. Um, So we work Mm -hmm. on all of those policies too. Um, But but yeah, overall, it is making sure that basketball is diverse, but once it is diverse, Mm -hmm. everybody feels included and that it's a a place where they belong.
1: Amazing. I like that. It's almost like its own um, community within, um, like a community platform within Boston, England itself, which is quite powerful. So that's good. That's great to know. Um, Okay, so I actually wanted to ask about um when it comes to your journey, um, I always believe that mentorship is quite key to a person's growth mentorship or um, mentorship as well. um, did you have anything like that um over the years, and you used to have something like that now? And also, do you mentor um, younger ladies, guys, et cetera, also?
0: So, I wouldn't say I've had any sort of formal mentorship Mm -hmm. in terms of, like, formal agreements. But Mm -hmm. ever since I was a pretty young kid, I think I've always been the annoying kid that knocks on everybody's Mm -hmm. door and asks a million questions. And I will knock (laughs) down every door until I get an answer. I think the most important thing to remember when you're looking for a mentor, even in the informal setting of a mentor, is that people are busy, people have a lot going on. So for me, it's always been better to have more than one person to tap into, rather than just the one person that I always went to for help. Uh, So that's true throughout my school career, at university, and especially in my in my career at work Mm -hmm. i've been lucky enough to have had women uh in more senior positions than me that i've been able to tap Mm -hmm. into sometimes women Mm -hmm. we suffer from the the fear that there's not space for all of us and instead of working Mm -hmm. together and collaborating we fight each other i've been lucky that i've been surrounded by very supportive women um, that have really Mm -hmm. championed me i've championed Mm -hmm. them when, when looking for mentors I would always say tap into lots of different people even if it's people your age I have so many mm. girlfriends and guy friends that are my age younger than me that that teach me so much mentorship doesn't always yeah. have to be
1: yeah that's yeah, it yeah to, that's true yeah
0: it, it doesn't have to be that like I have friends that are mm. 21 22 that teach me loads and <laughs> yeah. and tap me into stuff that I'm no longer so aware of because you know I'm 30 yeah. now and focused on other things in life. And so um look for mentorship wherever you can. Don't be fixated Mm -hmm. on the fact that a mentor needs to be somebody senior in a company and older than you. Mm -hmm. Uh and then so so yeah, I I definitely have mentors in in the informal sense of the word mentor. I have Mm -hmm. awesome peers that I tap into in plenty of different industries. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of me giving mentorship again, I don't give any formal mentorship. I have in the past, I've been part of um, the, the gaming mentorship schemes for people that want to sure. get in gaming. I've been part of schemes where people want to work in sports. Now I've sort of taken a, a step back from the formal side of things, but I always have my doors open. Um, I pretty much answer every LinkedIn message I get. Uh, <laughs> I, what I What I tend to like is I think sometimes people are a little bit, and I've, I've, I've done this in the past as well. I think people can be a bit entitled with other people's time and then yeah. they don't use it. They don't use mm-hmm. that time that is given to them appropriately, which is what I've struggled with in the past. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're coming to me, come to me because you're curious about certain things that I might've done. And you think that I could unlock certain things for you. So come with questions, mm-hmm. come with stuff that is mm-hmm. relevant to me. Don't ask me mm-hmm. You know, don't look for mentorship with me. For example, if you want to be a professional basketball player, I am probably not the person that can mentor you for that. (laughs) Because I'm not a professional basketball player. And I don't even work (laughs) in the 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 physical field of basketball. However, if you're like, I love presenting, hosting. How did you do this? How did you do that? Cool. Let's talk. Um, So just what I would say to people is, Don't just tap into everyone. Decide who you want to tap into and then be direct with what you're asking for and and make that person understand why you're the person that you want that mentorship from.
1: Yeah. Amazing, amazing. Um, I always tell people this. um, LeBron James is super, super strong because one of the reasons why I believe he stays relevant is around what you just said. Mentorship is not... I'm younger, my mentor is older, it's two-way thin. If you if you notice, he's very much in touch with the high school basketball players and the college basketball players, even much more than the NBA players, because for him he's thinking what's like he's always thinking, what's what does the future look like? So he adapts to that future. Um, but at the same time, they also learn from him in terms of how to be a professional. Um, how he's had some such a long um longevity within his career as well. So I think that's quite powerful. Um and it's so important because even one of my mentors, he's five years younger than me. So yeah. but he's been he what he, he works as a um as an engineer, but his brain, like when he uh, if I go to him about Certain things you ask certain questions that you I may not have thought about, and un- always unlocks something in my mind. That oh yeah, that's true. Okay, cool. I could do it this way, or I can do it that way. So those sort of people are super super important. And it Doesn't have to be about age or anything like that at all. So you're 100%. absolutely correct. Yeah.
0: And I literally always say to people, I think generally the most important quality somebody could have in life is curiosity. Like if you are curious in life. Mm. And you ask people questions and, like, you know, you, you see what's up. You talk to different people. Everybody has mm-hmm. something to offer. It doesn't matter if they're an engineer yeah. and have nothing. Like, the way an engineer will solve a problem or will talk to you about something is so different to how a videographer might talk to you about something that maybe has a more, like, creative eye to something. So just always, yeah. like, diversify your your circle because everybody has mm. so much to offer. You just need to know what questions to ask and how to unlock that, that knowledge that they have.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, All right. So my next question is around grassroots, especially when it comes to basketball. Um, And I didn't want to specify just to women's basketball only, um, because I want it to be more of a, more of a general answer. Um, so in terms of grassroots basketball, especially in the UK, where can, where do you see it going in the next few years? Especially because the reason why I say that is because I feel like there's still a separation um, when it comes to even things like the BBL and grassroots basketball teams or grassroots basketball communities. There's a massive separation that could actually become a lot more closer, a lot more knitted together to actually really push the game forward um is there anything else that maybe you've seen or have have an idea of that could actually enable that to happen in the future
0: yeah i mean i i think you're spot on where there's definitely a gap between what's been happening in the pro circles of uk basketball now and grassroots i mm. think bbl and some of the teams obviously have seen good investment and we're seeing good growth Mm. more eyeballs more people attending games which is fantastic have i seen that have a ripple effect on grassroots not yet Mm. um i think obviously this country is (laughs) as much as your podcast is called basketball nation um i don't think Mm -hmm. we're quite there yet we're not a basketball nation and as much Mm. as i i think statistically it's the second most played sport in the uk in terms of participation yeah I think there's huge problems from a facility point of view. There's just mm. not enough facilities for the number of people that want to play. The quality of the facilities is not good enough. You know, I, I come from Italy where we're also a football nation in Italy, but basketball is way more. Basketball, yeah. It like, it is more of a basketball country. It's more loved. And for being mm. a country that financially is not as healthy as the UK, basketball still thrives a bit mm. more, but that's also mm. because, the the government investments here in basketball have really lacked uh, on an international level. Whether it's you know the Olympic Games and the national teams and what they do there, we've seen a bit of betterment for Commonwealth. Again, doesn't mm-hmm. get attention. So uh, I think grassroots has a really long way to go in terms of investment and structure of it. I would personally mm-hmm. love to see basketball take a bit more of a uh influential stance in school curriculum like i think if mm. basketball become a, a stronger pillar of the physical education curriculum in schools and more attention was given to it we would see better growth because again i don't think everybody has the possibility to play after school basketball or whatever it might be and mm. that always takes investment or the right communities to yeah 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 and that's not possible everywhere. While school, you know, everybody has to attend school up to a certain age. So if basketball yeah. is a bigger part of that, um, I think we'd see really great growth. Um, but overall, I, I hope that we keep seeing people that have found success in basketball that can give back to grassroots. So I love seeing, yeah. you know, I don't know if you know Shanice Beckford-Norton, who plays for the London yeah, guys. Yeah. Everything that she yeah. does with coaching now uh, and what she's yeah. doing there. Like, when players start to give, up, give back that way, I think mm. that can shift things for grassroots. And similarly, I hope that we can keep growing the game away from just the playing. Like, we need referees. We need officials. Yes. So, <laughs> like, I, I have a teammate, um, captain of my team. Uh, she's now working really hard on all of her refereeing qualifications. She went to, I think it was Slovenia with FIBA to do a refereeing camp. She was one mm. of the only black women there, you know. Like seeing stuff like that is inspirational. It's awesome, and I hope that grassroots also develops in in those areas as well.
1: Mm. No, that that's actually true. That's actually you've actually made me think about that. <laughs> so now you triggered <laughs> something in my mind, <laughs> um, and you're absolutely right that we do need um, more referees and more coaches. But then at the same time, I also think that I love the young players because they they're only just starting to see that growth within basketball it's almost like that's like their full focus um but then maybe it's good that we kind of like cast a net a lot wider beyond just the young guys and ladies that actually play but people that may have an interest it's almost like building a football team and then that one person just wants to be a goalkeeper it's yeah. exactly the same thing so yeah. it's, it'll be it'll be good to kind of really find people like that as well that will be interested in that side of things from referring to coaching etc so yeah that's
0: and I think you know kids absolutely should dream about being the next Mm. LeBron the next (laughs) Candice Parker I would Mm -hmm. I would never tell kids not to dream about that but I think it's awesome to just also present all the different possibilities and like how cool and Mm. diverse the sport can be um Mm. and you know you can do stuff alongside it you know as like you know, a fourteen year old can be a great basketball player but also learn about refereeing and being a table yeah. official and, and being yeah. a coach and develop all those mm-hmm. skills at once. Um so yeah, I, I hope grassroots can really develop in all those areas.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. So what's the um what's what are the future plans, especially from twenty twenty four onwards, um, for Julia?
0: Oh god. I try and not plan ahead too much. (laughs) Um, I'm very much a a go-with-the-flow person, and I tend to just say yes to opportunities that present themselves, Mm -hmm. even though, obviously, it's not like I'm sitting back and waiting for things to fall in my lap um, Mm -hmm. or make the most of my time and networking and meeting the right people. Uh, But mainly next year, we'll really be focused on Sneaker Sisterhood, celebrating our five years, so okay, pushing amazing. that level and and seeing what we can do for, you know, women in fashion and sneakers and how to make sure that mm-hmm. everybody is getting a seat at a table.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, obviously, gaming still going to be my my full time mm-hmm. gig. So traveling the world for awesome gaming tournaments, working with the coolest brands, oh, nice, nice, uh, and bringing to life really awesome partnerships. And then I actually tore my ACL in summer and had oh, surgery. No. So. I'm now four months post-surgery, so no basketball playing.
1: Oh, man, that's the hardest.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I'm also it does mean I have more free time. So with that free time, I'm trying to build in and around the world of basketball. So continuing my presenting, uh, being more supportive to UK basketball, especially on the women's side and, and continuing the work. Yeah. There. So working on a couple of new content content series and see what I can do there.
1: Oh, amazing. Amazing. Nice. Nice. Okay. So obviously we're coming towards the end of the episodes. I'm a bit sad, but we can <laughs> we can always do a part two later on or we can have and we'll definitely have a conversation after this. So just a few other questions that I have. Um, my next question is, do you have a question for me?
0: What what are your plans? Like where do you think? Well, where do you think the biggest? gap is that you're trying to fill uh, and where do you want to take Basketball Nation as a whole?
1: Okay. Um, biggest gap I would say which is pretty much in line with women's sports and grassroots is really connectivity. Um, being able to connect with the world, the global community of basketball players and basketball enthusiasts. Um, so one of our plans was actually to create a platform um, under what we do now with Boswell Nation um, that can connect a trainer, a Boswell trainer here with an athlete in Brazil, basically, where they can awesome. communicate the
0: relationship,
1: um, platforms to also enables them to not just meet digitally but we can actually provide ways that they can actually meet personally as well um, so it builds the whole economy of basketball as a sport um, it builds re- relationships solid relationships um, and it just builds a community that now because you have the uk community you have the american community when i interviewed um, matt from ballers life he had no uh-huh. clue per se on uk basketball even yeah. though it's on Instagram, but you don't really get to see it because there's so many other things on Instagram. So, but if you can have one space where it's just completely basketball um, yeah. and sports and just players, enthusiasts, trainers, coaches, teams, um, player development, people, companies that create merch, like all those things. It's almost like a, like a home for, for basketball basically. And I think connectivity has been one of the biggest things that we've been missing as a, global sports mm-hmm. brand or community etc in the space of basketball so that's one gap that i've seen um, um the other gap is as a basketball community knowing that the limit is not just um building grassroots or building the sport from a community standpoint but actually becoming a local um because i think that would open up space space for younger people to actually see see a bit more into the future. Um, because I think sometimes if we give, um, especially the younger generation, just a little bit of what we're capable of, then it's almost like, okay, when they get to that, what's next? We don't want them to look at other people, maybe the wrong crowds that are doing really well in something else. And then once they surpass us, they go there. Basically, So we always want to keep pushing the narrative. So as much as we may be a community, we also want to be a governing body within basketball in the future Mm -hmm. as well. Um, Whether it's within the UK, um, alongside um, basketball England, uh, maybe a governing body for for other leagues, maybe leagues that are created by other community leaders as well, 3x3 leagues, etc., and even globally in Europe as well, um, because I feel like it's it's great to have one governing body in Europe and in the UK, but it will be also better to have more than one because competition always pushes the narrative a bit more forward, yeah. should I say. Um, so that's okay. that's all I can give away in terms of our plans, but there's so much more. I could talk that. here for days. <laughs> um, so, yeah.
0: Love that. And I love especially the the connectivity point. I couldn't agree more. And also... Mm. it's important from a global standpoint and i also think it's important from a local standpoint because i think when people get into the sport you know you don't have to be 11 to start playing ball like you you could be a 40 year old woman maybe you want to try something new and i think it can be a bit daunting yeah so knowing that Mm. there's that community and knowing that there's a place where you can go to connect with that community without feeling like you know you need to rock up to a run that you've never been to and it's terrifying but maybe you to a player that yeah is in brazil and doing something similar to you and you can start talking online mm. you can meet a coach down the road uh that, you know maybe yeah. one be one-on-one to begin with is it's so important
1: yeah 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 definitely definitely um okay so next question is bench i mean start bench trades mj <laughs> kobe lebron
0: <laughs> No, come on that should be an illegal question
1: that's why, it's, um, that's, why it's, that's why I'm asking it, because it is an illegal question.
0: <laughs> Start bench trade. Okay, I'm going to find a way around this. Based on age, mm. we're going to have to bench MJ because he's looking a little tired.
1: Okay.
0: He just doesn't have the fresh legs, so we're why? just going to let him do his thing.
1: Okay. Okay. <laughs>
0: We are going to, I mean, we're going to start Kobe. We're going to start Kobe. Mm-hmm. And we're going to trade Braun. And now all the Braun lovers are going to come <laughs> at me. I love the Braun. He's the king. He's yeah. great. He's the, great, the greatest of his generation. Not of all times, mm-hmm. of his generation. But yeah. I I like, I like more of a. I've got nothing to say. We're gonna trade Bron, though. We're gonna trade Bron. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you can get some good pieces of Bron.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll take like you know the the next five first pick round kids for Bron. <laughs> I'll build a super team. you can team. get binyama. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I'll yeah, I take one a couple of uh, couple of young bucks.
1: Yeah, yeah. Amazing, amazing. Okay, so. Last but not least, who would you like to see on the podcast or who would you recommend to see on the podcast?
0: Ooh. because Kelly
1: recommended you so
0: <laughs> um, who would I recommend? Kelly is awesome by the way. her brand is yeah she incredible. Is amazing I would recommend. Potentially Jelinka Naima. She works for FIBA. She's a communication manager at FIBA, and okay. she's an overall epic human who that has worked for FIBA, played professional basketball in Switzerland, the nice. national team. She's played at K fifty four, the street ball tournament in Paris. Um, mm-hmm. she's very pregnant right now, so I don't know if you'll be able to get her soon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she's, she's she would be a great person to talk to because I feel like her life experiences in basketball have been definitely they're like beyond the athlete vibe
1: okay amazing amazing that's a shout that's a shout maybe once once she gets birth give her a few months then (laughs) yeah i'll get in touch (laughs) but yeah um julia it's been amazing thank you very much for coming on today um i've enjoyed our conversation um we're gonna do 45 minutes but the conversation was so juicy that we didn't (laughs) even check time so yeah, but I appreciate you taking out the time today. And yeah, it's been amazing. Um, and thank you, everyone, for also watching today. Hope you guys were able to learn a lot from our conversation. Don't forget to subscribe, um, like, if you do like the podcast, and also comment as well. Your feedback is always um, grateful um, because we want to keep improving um, in terms of what we do with our platform for you guys Um and feel free to also reach out to Julia um, as well um, with the fact that she traded LeBron. No, I'm joking.
0: <laughs> no, <please laughs> <not definitely. laughs>
1: But, yeah, if you, if you want to just reach out and connect with her, um, feel free to do that on Instagram as well. Um, but, yeah, it's been amazing. And I hope to see you guys soon. Coach David out. Peace. Thank you, Julia. Appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much.